Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as, it's legal to cross on a red flashing man provided you get to the other side before at least one guy who crossed when it was green. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Geordie Guy. G'day, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. In in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, I, I find it's easy to overcomplicate these things. Uh, mm-hmm. I just shake hands and say, hi, I'm Geordie Guy. <laughs> do you then get the very inevitable, certainly Australian follow-up, what do you do? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, and what I tend to say is that uh, I, I do a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd's nerd. I nerd for a travel insurance company. And I make sure all their nerdy mm-hmm. stuff works. So when you go to mm-hmm. go to our website, it's there. And when you try and call us because uh, the airlines would chip your luggage, luggage, you actually get through to us. <laughs> um, I I do a little bit of writing, so I've I've written a bit for some places like the Guardian and IT News. Um, mm-hmm. And I love to cook and scuba dive, and as well as a professional nerd, I do some amateur nerding. Um, so I muck around with things like software defined radio and I spend far more of my time than I should on Twitter. <laughs> That's all very cool. What is software defined radio? Uh, software defined radio is, uh, so if, if you turn on the, the nearest radio to you, it's probably a device that will give you the dulcet tones and the, uh, the classic hits uh, of somebody <laughs> sitting behind a microphone somewhere. Um, <laughs> there's other things you can do with a radio if it's part of a computer. So you can do things like uh, listen into air traffic control and just sort of check in on what they're doing. Um, you can, cool. yeah, you can you can do that. You can uh, potentially pick up signals from weather satellites and find out what's going on above you. Um, so for a few bucks at Bunnings or JCar and uh, an old laptop you're not using for anything else, you can you can nerd it up. Nice. I'm all for those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's sort of what I figured MacGyver was like when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a fair bit of paperclip into your laptop and paperclip into a plug in the wall that you're meant to be using to pick up the TV uh, and a lot of typing to see if you can pick up what the aeroplanes are doing overhead. Great. Do you consider that your nerddom is a defining characteristic of you? Uh, a defining characteristic, no, the defining characteristic is probably more accurate. Um, I relish my nerddom. Um, mm. I deliberately drink far more coffee than any three people need. Um, <laughs> I, I love the electronic version of, of anything analog. If there's a way of doing it that requires charging a lithium-ion battery, I would prefer to do it that way. Oh, yes. And that's my phone ringing, which would normally ruin a podcast, but it probably bears pointing out that it was uh, my wife and my ringtone is the theme to Bubble Bobble. <laughs> so, I love that game. So, so while that probably should be like an interruption, it, it, I think it actually adds. It's a it's an exclamation point on your statement. Yeah. Yeah, are you the? Is it a defining characteristic of you? Well, my phone just went off and it's playing a '90s video games theme song. So there you go. <laughs> Were you uh, a big gamer as a kid? Yeah, no, I I played a whole bunch of games. Um, I 
I'm one of the uh, the folks in my generation who have mums and dads living in different locations. Mm. Played a lot more of them at dad's place than mum. Um, but yeah, no, I had a lot of fun, a lot of Mario. Yeah, no, um, don't play so much these days. When I do, it tends to be weird stuff. Um, you know, a few mobile games, a few, mm. a couple of online games. Not a massive gamer though. Have a have a little three year old and a wife, so uh, less time these days. Well, that, that's more real life gaming then, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, a three year old can play a whole bunch of games. <laughs> What What is a source of strength for you? Um, I'm a bit traditional. Uh, so mm. a big source of strength for me is family. Um, I love nothing more than to cook for my family. Um, mm. So I, I love to put on the meals for the wife each evening. Um, so cook two meals a night, I guess, whatever I think the little fella will eat. <laughs> uh, and then when my wife comes home in the evening, she works long hours as a solicitor. Um, I try to put on something impressive for her. Uh, yeah, family family is incredibly important to me. Is is family important because it was so different for you as a kid? Um, probably. I, I probably spent a, a fair bit of time in my my bedroom as a kid, reading, um, sort of tinkering with things. I think a lot of a lot of folks who wound up like me had a lot of Lego. Um, mm. So a bit solitary as a kid. A kid like that will sometimes struggle making a heap of friends on the sport ground at school if you get where i'm coming from yes um so i guess later in life the ability to to sort of create your own your own circumstances with your loved ones uh and to be thankful for that um yeah that that certainly i think feeds into it has that been tough to define or, or develop that sense of family um i think as much as it's a, a pretty important thing i, I don't think I won't say it happened by mistake, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think I consciously did it. I think I just met an amazing woman uh, in high school. Um, I think we got a beautiful thing going together, and I think it all kind of just went from there. Aren't they the best? Oh, they are. Um, if you can wrangle it, always get together with your mate. Amazing women are the best. Yeah, absolutely. What is it that you do really well? Uh, I can cook two-minute noodles in one minute 57. <laughs> uh, um, I, I suppose if I was going to be serious, though, um, I can do a lot of things at once. Um, I can be furiously pounding out tweets while controlling a bunch of complicated systems, uh, while organizing at the same time what I'm going to cook for dinner, while figuring out what the next thing I'm going to tinker with is. So... I'm a pretty serious multitasker. My, my wife might object. Um, <laughs> she might say my attention can't be properly captivated by anything more than one thing at a time. Um, but, but you know, I do, I do that really well. I think I do that really well. Um, I, I think I'm probably also a, a fairly good uh, person to talk to. I think if you come up to me at a party and say, g'day, how are you doing? Um, I, I think I'm a, a good person to sort of tell my story and, and listen actively to yours. What about your story do you think is most interesting? Um, so that's a tough question. I'm not sure there's any one thing that sticks out. I think there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a handful of things that are interesting about me. Um, I muck around with some nerdy stuff that people think is a little bit out of the ordinary. Um, 
I've got some habits, I guess, that might be a, a little bit different, a little bit hipster, a little bit unique. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a few friends who poke fun at me for doing stuff like uh, shaving with an old school cutthroat razor. Um, so, so I don't think there's one big thing that goes, oh, that's Geordie. Um, but I think if someone said to somebody else, do you know Geordie? like, oh, it's a guy that does that and that and this and that. There's lots of little things that are just a bit out of the ordinary that, that might make people uh, a little curious about me. Is your experience online in, in social forums and social media, is that a true reflection of you or is that a hyper-real experience of Geordie? Uh, mate, I, I don't think I'm probably anything like uh, offline what I am online. <laughs> um, I have very little in the way of stuff that gets in the way of me saying what I th- think online. Um, mm. My Twitter feed's almost a stream of consciousness, and it's, it's a stream of crazy consciousness as well. I mean, you introed me with my bio um, about how it's legal to cross the road on the red, provided you get there before someone crossed on the, who was crossing on the green. I think before <laughs> that, I had uh, Slavoj Žižek is permanently like he's just walked into a spider web at face height. <laughs> My location is set to get a warrant. Like I'm, I'm not what you call careful and considered online. Um, I'm, I'm fairly footloose and fancy free offline as well. But I, I, I've met a bunch of people offline that I'd initially met online, and a lot of them have told me I'm, I'm uh, completely different and probably much easier to handle offline. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's a bit of a bit of being a, I'm going to use a term that I hate hearing other people use, but it's a bit of being a digital native. I was first on the internet in 1995. Oh, good synergy. Excellent. Um, so I think when you, you really grew up with it and you were the, one of the first ones who do, you just make it your plaything and do whatever you like with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you've got very little respect for anybody who says, or very little, little time to care about anybody who says that, uh, it, it should be a complete reflection of yourself offline. Um, like I get that people approach it that way, um, but I'm who I like online. You know, like it or hit block, doesn't worry me. Yeah. There's lots of discussion, particularly nowadays, uh, by politicians particularly, but the general public, about what they think you can and can't do on the internet. Do you think that there are limits to this beast that we use? I'm probably a bad person to ask that question of because I had the former communications minister accuse me in the Senate of leading a campaign to deliberately mislead the Australian people online. <laughs> that's that's absolutely true. So I know, and that's not why it's a bad question to ask. Yeah, so um, I, I mean, I, I guess I've got a, a bit of a history of, of not agreeing with with a lot of people, particularly politicians along those lines. Um, I think the internet does this thing where it brings everybody, like not only closer, but probably directly adjacent to everyone else. Um, and it really does amplify uh, what everybody is like. And, and politicians, by their very nature, um, want to control those things. They want to control their electorate historically. And in a, a globally connected age, they want to control everybody. And that's, I mean, they're a self-selected group of people that want to control the way things work around them. That's that's what it says on the job description. Um, mm. So I don't agree with that. I don't agree with a lot of what they say. I spent uh, quite a few years involved with Electronic Frontiers Australia, which is, uh, I guess, a, a bit of a clone or a 
an homage to Electronic Frontiers Foundation in the United States. Um, I went on television and the radio a lot, saying a lot about how politicians just need to not worry about that, how everybody who was foaming at the mouth about what was going on on the internet just kind of needed to calm down a bit. Um, mm. And as a result, I, I kind of upset the politicians of the day who were trying to implement uh, web censorship. Um, and I upset quite a few people on both sides of the aisle, um, both Liberal and Labor, um, when they came up with dumb ideas. <laughs> What's the dumbest idea that you've seen in that political sense? Um, there for a while, sort of pre-me being particularly involved in it, key escrow was one of the things that a lot of politicians were talking about. This is this idea where you should never be able to completely encrypt or scramble uh, what the way you talk to other people online. Of you should, course not. No, you should, uh, you should give... Uh, give the government a copy of your password so they can check up on what you're on. And that, that kind of died off because when that, was, when that was a big idea, the only people really on the internet were people who would care about things like encryption. Um, it was a much more technical and a, a much less, uh, I guess, casual user space than what it is today. Um, but at the end of the day, what we saw recently uh, was the government kind of got what they were shooting for in the end when they managed to implement data retention, which is where they, uh, the government obligates your, your internet company to keep a bunch of information forever about what you're doing on the internet. Um, and and that, mm. was, that was sort of, a, I guess, a two-part dumb idea that started out looking one way many, many years ago, and they eventually got their policy objectives over the line sort of very recently when they got that piece in. What do you think of someone like Julian Assange? Um, this is probably not the exact answer you're looking for, but I, I kind of feel regretful about Julian Assange. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of feel regretful about Edward Snowden and a couple of the other big names that have popped up in in the online rights space over the past few years. I, I like what Assange did. I think WikiLeaks is hugely important for democracy. Mm -hmm. um, I think the revelations Edward Snowden made were hugely uh, hugely necessary as well. I think Chelsea Manning did an enormous uh, amount for, for online rights and shining a light to a dark place. Um, it, it's probably not a popular view, but I can't help but feel that it would have been a bit nicer if some slightly less weird people had have struck those blows. Um, I, I think it's probably not said very much, but I, I think it's safe to say Julian Assange weirds me out a bit. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if the guy just looks a bit weird. Um, I think Edward Snowden sort of comes across a little bit weird as well. I think there's some things about Chelsea Manning that are uncomfortable to some people as well, although I don't share that particular discomfort. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it would be really nice, and I think it would be uh, something to look forward to in the future. If the pe the slightly weird people um, today that have sort of gone ahead and sort of pointed out how weird some of this stuff was and how this wasn't really compatible with uh, what we think Western-style democracy should look like and what, you know, just being left alone on the internet should look like, uh, was built upon a, a little bit broader and a, a little bit more, uh, I guess, how do you put it? a little bit more vanilla. I'd like those ideas to become mainstream and I respect those people for what they've done. 
Um, I can't just help feel that there's a, a little part of me that uh, wishes that the limelight wasn't stolen a little bit by how esoteric or what sort of colourful histories they have. Hmm. If the government could pass one piece of legislation tomorrow, what would you want that to be? That they uh, uh, act prohibiting the passing of any further legislation about the internet. <laughs> like, Steve, Steve, let's draw a line under it. They, they, yeah. they've, got a, they've got a terrible track record, and I think yes. the best thing they could do is not do anything. Yeah. They, they really, it's, it strikes me, uh, and I'm happy for you to correct me on this, Geordie, it strikes me as the government have kind of gone, oh, let's do this, and then someone else is saying, oh, yeah, and we should do that and do that, and they just seem to be stepping over themselves to go that little bit further each time, kind of not necessarily realising the impact of what they're treading on as they go. I think, in a way, the internet solves a whole bunch of problems that we've traditionally looked to the government to solve, or government-supplied mm. services. Or I think there's a there's a real sense of discomfort and a real threat, real or real or imagined, that there's some aspects to a globally connected community that makes some aspects of local governance and statehood, uh, at least in their minds, less relevant than it was before. Um, and I think. To be honest, I think they wet their pants about it pretty hard. Um, and, you know, to, to quote Yes Minister, I think there's a, a sense of something must be done and this is something, so let's do this. Um, nice. I, I, think, I think internet censorship was one of those. Like, you know, people can't just say whatever they want on the internet. You can't just have whatever you want on the internet. So we'll have to, have to carefully curate what people say on the internet. Everyone else will say, oh, look, whatever. Um, there's the internet's a community like any other and there's always going to be some crazies that do some crazy stuff and a subset of the crazies are going to do some crazy to the point of illegal stuff but everything they mm. do is illegal on the internet or otherwise so why are we freaking out everyone went around their day um, I think data retention no we absolutely must have all this information about what people are doing on the internet like, no you don't you, the AFPs and the the press a couple of times a year saying they caught a bunch of drug dealers and that all happened before data retention existed. Um, meanwhile, in places like France where data retention does exist, they have terrorist attacks that are the type of attacks the AFP say they would be able to prevent if they had those powers. I think people just roll their eyes. It's like, guys, can you just, can you just put your hands on your head and not touch anything? We've, <laughs> we, we, we've got this. Seriously, you're worrying about nothing. And all of your Kermit arms and your flailing, you'll knock something over and break it. Just <laughs> Kermit arms. What challenges you? Uh, what challenges someone as nerdy as me? I think, I think I would like sometimes to actually not care about a lot of the online stuff I care about as much as I do. Um, I think sometimes mm -hmm. it would be useful to just focus on mm. other stuff, you know, family, getting to church on Sunday, getting to work, you know, an hour before I'm meant to be there so I can get some extra work done. That's, mm. that's pretty, that's pretty tough. Um, I do as a result, sometimes get dragged into communities and discussions and stuff that, that I can't help get dragged into because I care about them. And then I get that, that pang in the back of my head that you know, I've got, there's more to life than that. Um, and I, I guess as a, as a nerd, there's a whole bunch of nerds out there that, 
that have a little bit of ADD-ish behavior where uh, they get really, really excited about something and they jump into it and they start out real strong. And sometimes for someone who's as excited by technology and, and concepts and arguments and all the things that fire me up as I am, um, what challenges me sometimes is to keep it up halfway through when when the uh, the innovation and the, the excitement's over and it's just slogged to get a result. Um, I think those are the two things that challenge me. Figuring out what to care about and caring about them the whole way through. What's your favourite nerdy thing right now? Uh, what am I nerding out about right now? I just ordered tile. Have you heard about this? Uh, I, I think so. Yeah, so these are these little little uh, plastic tags you can stick on your keys and your uh, your handbag if you've got one. I don't. Oh, the geolocating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like pull out your phone and go, where's my stuff? Um, and I could lose basically anything. Uh, if, you, if you entrusted <laughs> Parliament House itself into my hands, you could show up on Capitol Hill and it'd be missing. Um, <laughs> and I would just be, I would have been looking at my phone, probably some tweets and looked up and thought where to go. So... I'm really excited about that. I went to a, a mate's um, a mate's uh, citizenship ceremony last night, mm. and uh, while I was up and taking some photos of him getting his hand shaken and becoming Australian, uh, someone at a citizenship ceremony went through my bag and nicked my keys. Um, what? I know, right? So I managed to get them back from the police station this morning. Uh, someone had handed them in, but I just I just lose. This happens to me all the time. I lose stuff. Uh, and stuff goes missing. So I ordered these, uh, and I'm really nerding out about the idea of having all my stuff visible on my phone with its exact location at any given time. Uh, so that's that's my current nerdy focus. The government will appreciate it. <laughs> I've had more than one friend poke fun at me going, yeah, you do realise this means that the government knows exactly where you're your keys are I'm like but you know what I, i'm okay with that if they just let me know like i'll take a text message <laughs> I, I don't care if you've bad mouthed me in the senate if you could just drop me a text message with where my keys are where my kid's backpack is like wh- whatever <laughs> where's my child uh, i've never lost him like to my credit i've not lost my child um i have lost a backpack of his with spare clothes in it on a bus once though <sighs> Um, yeah, but no, I lose basically everything except that stuff, which is super critical that I don't lose. In a crisis or an argument, are you fight or flight? Uh, I'm fight. Yeah, no, I'm fight. Um, very few people spend a lot of their life wondering what I think. Um, it's usually <laughs> really obvious because I'm yelling it. Um, so yeah, in a, in a crisis, I'm, I'm pretty much fight all the way. Um, you know, Absolutely. Um, I'm, uh, I think various performance reviews in various roles have, have called me very candid. Hmm. What drives the determination that, that you know, gets you to hold your ground? Um, I guess I'm just not smart enough to realise where I might be wrong. Um, <laughs> for, for, all the nerd, for all the nerding, I have a, a perspective. And, like, unless you can you can shoot a 120-minute feature film explaining where I'm wrong, I just can't see it. Um, <laughs> that that varies. Like, there's certainly – like, I will listen to my wife's – she'll probably disagree, but I'll listen to my wife's position about how, you know, I'm, I probably shouldn't do something or I probably shouldn't think that way. Um, I will listen at work. Um, but there are certainly – 
certainly areas of my life that are not subject to that same uh, same protection. Um, no, I don't, I don't run away very much. Has there been a time when you haven't run away, when you've stood your ground and that's beaten you on the ass? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, there has been. Um, my mother passed away when I was in my early 20s uh, and we didn't get along. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I think there's things she could have done knowing that she was unwell and we didn't have a lot of time to, to put it back together that she could have done to fix that. There's certainly uh, things that I think I could have done, some pride I could have swallowed. Um, I, I guess a, a side effect of, of living life that way is that there are circumstances that will dot themselves throughout your life um, where you where it's critical that you, know, you, you bury the hatchet um, and sometimes you don't make the right decisions. So, yeah, there has been. What is so important about your faith that going to church every week uh, or regularly is uh, is on the agenda? Um, I think if you're as excited about everything all at once as I am, when there's something important to you, you've got to make regular time to, to pay respect to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's there's – there's a lot of people out there – of faith who, who don't get along to church regularly, and that's you know, that's perfectly fine. Uh, but I'm the type of person who, when there's a, an opportunity, particularly a traditional one, where you can set some time aside on a regular basis to, to nurture that part of your life, then I like to do that. Um, you know, in, in almost the same vein, where I can, I like to try and grab a date night as well, where mm. uh, you know, a family member can look after the little fella. I like to, to set some time aside to particularly pay homage to to that part of my life. Um, that's kind of a self-recognition that sometimes you're a bit all over the place and that there's some things that are important enough that they have to be segregated from that. When you set those times aside, when you say, oh, I need to, you know, this is important, I need to do this, this is important, in the context that you've just spoken about, that obviously cuts down on time for you, you know, in that you're, I'm, I'm investing in this, I'm investing in this person, I'm doing those sorts of things. When you do have that personal time, how do you best utilize it? I usually waste it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, uh, I'll pour myself a bourbon and pull out a laptop and, you know, start a project that I'm probably not going to finish. Um, but that's cool. It doesn't sound like a waste, Jordy. Yeah, see, it doesn't, does it? Um, I think there's some things in life you have to, I've talked a bit about this, there's some things in life you have to start like you intend to finish them. And then there's some things that, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to pour myself a drink and I'm going to start this and see how far I get and have a bit of fun learning something new for a bit. And then um, then something more important is going to interrupt. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Uh, probably very little. Um, <laughs> um that's that's a, a question that's like a type of question you hear often in uh, in things like job interviews where they say you know where do you want to be in five years time and questions in those vein just trying to get a sense of of where this is all going. I'm going to answer you the same way I answer those types of questions. In in where where am I going in twelve months? I just I just want to be better. Um, I want to be nerdier. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a a, a better nerd. I want to be better at my job. Um, I think you can get caught up in this stuff and and set grand plans. And I've got some you know, medium plans. There's some 
places in the world I'd like to visit. There's some things I'd like to be able to do. But over 12 months, sure. I'd just like to be better. Are you not better enough already? Um, I think there's always room to improve. I mean, I'd like to stop losing stuff. <laughs> I'd like, <laughs> like to give other people a chance to talk now in a while. Um, mm. Yeah, no, there's always room for improvement. I'm, I've talked a bit about how I'm a bit mouthy, a bit, bit over the pla- all over the place, a bit excitable. Um, that doesn't mean I, I don't know where the weak spots are. Well, Geordie, thank you so much for sharing all of that that you have with us. Uh, you are, you're very important uh, in, in what you say and who you are and, and the stuff, uh, the things that you've offered today are highly valued. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. Oh, thanks, Steve. It's been enjoyable. You are obviously on Twitter. What other social accounts do you want to own up to? Uh, God, all of them. Um, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I'm, on, uh, I'm on Facebook. I was on app.net if that's still around. Um, believe it or not, you can still sometimes find me in IRC um, if I'm particularly bored, not particularly sober. Um, do a search for me, you'll find me. I, I sometimes try to be a little bit unfindable, but uh, if, you, if you find me on Twitter, I'll, I'll let you know where else I am too. And if anyone from the government is listening in, this conversation never happened. <laughs> I never met you, man. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Gordy Please is indeed human. <laughs>